how much more excited are you for Dune Part Two after seeing Elvis? We got. <clears throat> oh boy, <laughs> clear that. Oh god, I can't even talk. Not good. Clear Not good that for a podcaster. But no, it shows why everyone wants this guy. I'm like, excited for like whatever Austin Butler signs up for next after seeing this movie. I hope he does like. I know he didn't sing in this, but his dancing. I hope. I hope he does more dancing at some point in his career. But probably not going to see that in Dune. Definitely won't. But at the end of the day, he's he's not my most excited thing about Dune, but maybe my second. Maybe my second. Oh my god! Him and Florence Pugh joining that cast. Floyd Rafa, like him going like one on one against Chalamet. That's that's going to be cool to see. I cannot by, wait. By the time that comes out, it could be like because the hype train for him is going to be rolling after this. It's going to be like, oh, who's the best young actor in Hollywood? And then they're literally going to battle it out. This is what I was saying. Like, Tom, if Tom Holland was Floyd Rafa going against Chalamet, that would have been like incredible. But I think after seeing what he just did with Elvis, it's going to be just looking forward to it. Let's oh, get God, to it. Yeah. This is the Drive In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to episode 120 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have our very special review of Boz Lorman's Elvis, along with our top five list of the greatest music biopics. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 120 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy doody. Welcome to episode 120 of TDI. This is Dr. O on the horn. Excited to be with you for a movie we've, we've been anticipating for a long time. It's me and Ricky have circled it. Uh, one that we are excited about the star of this film. Okay. Uh, we were, I guess, excited about Tom Hanks. I don't know if he fulfilled the expectations. Like for me, no. We'll find out Ricky Flick's thoughts when we jump into the review. But before we get going, Ricky Flick, how was your day? Excited to talk about all this? Very excited to talk about Elvis. Definitely, Rotten Tomato score doesn't say this, but I feel like it's very polarizing. That's a, at least that's what I'm getting the read on social media. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't seem that way, but yeah, I it's going to be an interesting review to say, to say the least. I have no idea what you're going to say, except that the inevitable Austin Butler was great. Right. And other than the fact I, I think Tom Hanks, so you kind of got my, the, you got the gist of my thoughts okay. early on. Yeah, agreed. But I can't wait to talk about the other aspects of this movie. Uh, Ricky, before we get into the review, the synopsis, the Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, the whole shebang, I want to know what's your relationship to Elvis? So, first time I heard Elvis, it's definitely Hound Dog, first song. First song was Hound Dog. I think that's pretty much everyone's first song. I would say that's a millennial or younger but i guess relationship wise he kind of is the one that would start christmas season for me mm. so thanksgiving always the day after thanksgiving our father doc uh the doco senior 
would always play Elvis Christmas album after Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving dinner going home for like five to six straight years. He used to do that. So that was like my first relationship and in this movie and then like actually in Elvis's career, that was his low. So my relationship is with his low. But at the end of the day, it introduced me to one of the greatest, if not the greatest rock and roll artist of all time, the king of rock and roll. So thank you to his Christmas album. So I, I think our dad has actually morphed into playing it on the ride to Thanksgiving. Like it's even earlier now. Like he wants to play that Elvis Christmas album as early as possible. If he could play at the beginning of November, he would do it. But yeah, that's pretty much my relationship to it. It's so interesting because this movie, like kind of obviously like you just hinted at, kind of hated on the Christmas music version of Elvis. And it's kind of, it's I don't know how to feel about it. That like it caused him so much like angst and it caused him pain to actually do that and rather than like being himself because i think that's what a lot of people associate with elvis now like younger listeners they don't know like hound dog as well or jailhouse rock as well right they more know about the the christmas music when you put on the christmas channel right when you on sirius xm or you just on the regular radio he's gonna they're gonna there's gonna be blue christmas firing off right one of the great christmas ballads ever written arguably number one yeah i said it but uh I do want to say another thing that I have a relationship with Elvis. He actually was one of my first CDs I ever had. I had the, so the Beatles, remember they had the one album. It was red. It had the yellow one on it. Um, I have it. I own it. You have it. Uh, Elvis had a similar album and it was the gold number one hits. And it was literally gold plated. And uh, I think it was just, it was like 31 of Elvis's greatest songs. And I had a little less conversation on repeat. I think from ages eight to 10, like that was my favorite song. And then I heard it in Bruce almighty that just heightened its level of popularity just for me. And, uh, that's what, well, that was my number one song. I knew I was going to hear it in this movie because it's been like remastered and stuff to make it sound great for modern mm-hmm. audiences. It's also a later Elvis song, but, uh, yeah, big Elvis household. And we got to shout out Steve O right. Steve-O. One of those Elvis impersonators. Yes. <laughs> a big Elvis impersonator. When it comes to Elvis impersonators, I think it goes Steve O and then Austin Butler. Steve O, Austin Butler. I like that because Steve O sings. Austin Butler doesn't. Exactly. We're going to get into that because I know you have the, you have some takes usually regarding that. Looking at you, Rami Malik. All right. But let's get into the synopsis. We'll go into the Rotten Tomatoes. So the synopsis reads, the film explores the life and music of Elvis Presley. Seen through the prism of his complicated relationship with his enigmatic manager, Colonel Tom Par- Parker. The story delves into the complex dynamic between Presley and Parker, spanning over two decades. From Presley's rise to fame to his unprecedented stardom against the backdrop of the evolving cultural landscape and loss of innocence in America, central to that journey is one of the most significant and influential people in Elvis's life, Priscilla Presley, played by Olivia DeJong in this film. The Rotten Tomatoes were looking at a 79% critical score and then a 94% audience score. Along with that, IMDb has at a 7.8 out of 10, extremely high rating for this. Ricky Flex, let's dive into it. Um, initial reactions upon seeing Elvis. My initial reaction was Austin Butler. I know we'll get into that, so I won't go too hard yet with him. But it's I think the pause is because I don't know what to say. It was a weird movie. So I think a backstory, if you didn't check out, if you don't follow me on Twitter at Ricky Flicks, I saw this movie 930 at night 
right on a Monday. Okay, so I didn't get to see it on the opening weekend. A little busy, and I saw it on a Monday night. And I go there. I get there at nine twenty three, nine twenty four, and the guy, I like, I'm buying my ticket, and the guy goes, "The whole theater's to yourself." So, <laughs> and there's a ten o'clock show because I was disrespect. Running late. I was I was running late, and there was a I was thinking, oh, do I just go to the ten o'clock show? Like there was a ten o'clock show on a Monday night, but I was the only one there at nine thirty. So I was like, wow, okay. So I, I was waiting for someone to walk in late in the trailers. Nobody did. So I was like, okay, I'm seeing Elvis, Austin Butler on the big screen by myself. And I, so I, I think the big thing there is that I don't know how audiences reacted seeing this movie. Were they jiving with this? Um, were they going with the beats? Because it was a long movie, right? It was a very long movie, but they sped through a lot. They wanted to cover his entire life. And I think that was also a, a huge issue in this movie because they covered everything, but they didn't cover anything too uh, in-depthly. So I think if I just had a little audience, because like 94% audience score I think is big. So if I saw this with the audience, I feel like I probably would have liked it more and also kind of like understood it better. But again, this is a Boz Lerman movie. It felt like one. And I think a lot of it was carried by the performance of Austin Butler and yeah, I think there was a lot of issues. Like I said, like like you said with Tom Hanks, but also what I said about just covering too many like too many broad areas. But at the end of the day, I think it's just a weird movie. But thoroughly enjoyed myself by myself in a theater at nine thirty at night on a Monday. Not a lot of people are going to see speak, are going to the theaters at nine thirty at night on a Monday, no matter what movie it is. Yes, but, but I will say. I think this movie did a good job of trying to relate to as many people as possible. You have old time star, right? Uh, like biopic Elvis Presley, most recognized recognizable name in the history of rock and roll. Uh, my demographic in the audience, right? Was pretty much, I was the youngest by 10 miles. Wow. 10 miles. Like, like everyone else, by the way, going to see a, a movie with a bunch of old people is arguably worse than going to a theater with a bunch of young kids. Right, oh, build no. Were they They're talking just, the entire time? Someone was sitting in my seat, and when I, right when I walked in, it was dark. I, I I I was standing in front of her, and she goes like, "Am I in your seat?" And I'm just like, "Yes." Can I help you find your seat? And she's like, "Yeah, it's on my ticket. I can't read." She hands me the ticket, and I'm like, "You are literally like three rows away from me. Like, how did you not? How are you sitting in the back right now? You're supposed to be in the third one." I'm like walking her down and grabbed her by the arm. I'm like, "Okay, let's go. Nice and easy." I pull her in. I'm like, "Have her sit there." She's seeing it by herself. I feel bad. So she sees it. I go back to my seat. And then all of a sudden I hear people flashlights are on. They can't find their oh, seats as God. well. And like the movie's starting and like, and they're just Disaster. talking, they're yapping. And they're like, Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. They're like, these people were the young people in the crowd back in 1955, <laughs> dude. Uh, but I think also we relate to those older folks, but also Boz Lerman flashy style hasn't made a movie in almost 10 years but these quick edits along with a young stud of a star like austin butler who is from disney fame like it should make a lot of money i think that's also was a huge like reason for making this movie it made 50 million its opening weekend so i think it did a good job relating in all honesty and then you throw in tom hanks to the fold there's a few actors that are as relatable to an entire population like tom hanks um yeah, so I think we got to go to. I want to. I want. I, I guess I'll just preface. Um, carry on these initial reactions. Austin Butler was insanity. He was insanity. Like he is just a young stud. 
And I think they could have gone further with the script to make him look even better. Uh, and even though he didn't sing, like the body gyrations, he was pure electricity on the stage. Him and those singing sequences, let's, he lived for it. Let's just, get, let's just get to it now. Okay. Was he better than Rami Malek? I think he was. Well, actually, I think, the, I think well, it's close. We got to talk think, it out and then decide. Okay, because I this is my take here. Okay, you mentioned Elvis impersonators, right? Mm -hmm. Our uncle being one of them. I think it was, and like, again, I, I'm i glad Rami Malek didn't try to sing. Like, you can't hit the pipes of Freddie Mercury, right? So I'm glad he didn't. My gripe is you're when you're going for an Oscar and you're going against a Bradley Cooper who sang, who also had a more in-depth role, and was less of a that was his like role. I know Zahn directed it. Like, yeah, like I know Stars Born has been re, has been made twice before, but that was he made that role his. Unlike uh, I felt like Robbie Moss is more of an impersonation. This one, I feel like with the impersonators, I'm glad he didn't try to pull off the Elvis like singing, like trying to be Elvis singing wise, especially with all the impersonators as well. That would have just opened up even more can of worms than any other probably biopic of all time. And also, I think that the script could have helped him a lot more to showcase. But I think in the limited depth that we got, he pretty much murdered it. <laughs> like, he pretty uh -huh. much did. So I, it's hard to say he was better because Austin Butler, like, great actor, like, I will say, or I should say good because he hasn't, we haven't seen a lot, but he looks like he's going to be great. But you can't, like, he's not going to get nominated for this because no. it's in June. It's not a huge movie like Boslerm. It's just he's not going to get nominated. Like, he's just not. The so movie's just not really good stuff. enough. Yeah, I agree. Even though it does have a much higher Rotten Tomato score uh, than Bohemian Rhapsody and Certified Fresh. But we'll see, I guess. True. But um, I just think that that's a huge, like, he does differentiate there going forward. And I think just one last thing before I pass it back to you is that, like, Robbie Malek, like, on on the on the stage was great but holy crap this is why i wanted an audience because i think it's also the boz lerman effect also was big here but the dancing was absurd when he yeah. the trouble that was by far like it, when i'm walking away i'm thinking i want to watch that trouble scene again like i want to see him just sweating and the music's just blasting in your ear not remixed either but like it enhanced elvis that's even louder and more concentrated the audio and then it's just the different visuals around the stage. It was incredible. I was like, dang, I would pay to see that uh, scene again. It was incredible. That was Boz Lerman at like his most Boz Lerman, you know, or it's, it's like quick panning. Lights are and, flashing everywhere. You got like the superstar in the bright pink suit just going crazy. Like it, the, like I think the Austin Butler combination, the way he dances goes so well with like the, like the quick movement of like a Boz Lerman movie. Like it just, it just yes. worked beautifully. And I was, I was thinking of a few things during this. I was thinking like, Oh wow. He looks like uh, uh, John Travolta in Greece a little he bit. He does. He does. Like, I was like, wow, too. He looks exactly like Elvis in my opinion, except fat Elvis. They did a terrible job with that, but it's because Austin Butler's so skinny. It's like, come on. Elvis himself was unrecognizable when he was old. Yeah. So it's like, what are you going to do? And then lastly, I'm bringing it back to this, and I I, know, I don't know if you like this analogy. I forget, but I always said like a lot of directors 
there should be like offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. <laughs> that scene, I think, is the perfect example of like Boz Lerman's like, oh, let me write up this play for like whoever, whatever quarterback. Dance right? sequences, like, stage, someone, and he, then you got heartfelt moments. A mo- but putting a movie together, just this was not like the most cohesive movie or tight knit movie at all. No. <clears throat> and if he was just the offensive coordinator for movies, a producer, I think it would, he would be so much more successful. And he barely works anyways. This is his first film since The Great Gatsby 10 years ago. So if he just was, he worked more often and as a producer role in these sequences, getting in-depth in what he's good at, I think he can make a better career out of that and get like win an Oscar for like, I don't know, something else. Like maybe producing a Best Picture winner. I'm I'm just throwing that out there. But being the director, he's just he's never gonna get that acclaim, at least for me, if he keeps making films like this. It's just a hard like a lot of these directors, they this is like their piece of art. So like they don't want to share that art with someone else and they don't always have exact same vision, right? For right. their movies. Like like Elvis here, like I feel like it didn't know where it, the story it wanted to really tell. To be honest, like it felt like, okay, was he a civil rights activist? Was he just a great rock and roll star? Or did they want to focus on the relationship with Tom Parker, Colonel Tom Parker? There's just, it literally didn't hone in on a certain moment of his life. And it like, it didn't encapsulate what his music, I guess, yeah. meant and as much. They threw the one in. Thing, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, they threw in others. Like they, they threw in his mother. They threw in his dad's story, right? They Like a mother, a uh, mama's boy. And then also coping with his dad. They threw in Priscilla Presley, just th- Olivia Dijon, like just kind of threw in here. Barely like, any screen time. The, his comeback, like his comeback was literally two minutes, like Dr. Montgomery, two minutes. And then we go, he's in Vegas already and he's on the downturn again. It's like, so, we didn't focus on one aspect of his life. And I'm not saying we have to focus on like five years, but there's a way that you could focus on, focus on like a, a theme throughout his life. If you want to cover everything. Okay. But you have to have a theme throughout. Right. And it we, had a chance to do that because they talked what I did like about the movie. They honored the history of rock and roll because he's the king of rock and roll. Let's talk about how he influenced the next generation and what he borrowed from. And they did an OK job at that. I think like when they talk about uh, they showed Little Richard, they talk about B.B. King and talking about these other artists and they look at Hound Dog. It wasn't a song that he thought of right he borrowed it him hearing it the first time i thought that was excellent like i like that i would have liked to see more of that aspect rather than than them just saying dr king died jfk died rfk died as if that's supposed to mean something to us like that elvis protest it's a movie song, trope like, yeah it's just like you have oh, we're gonna span over these decades we have to bring this up right and what was this person's reaction to it like honestly it didn't even seem like it was that strong of a reaction like that protest song it didn't do anything for me whatsoever as but that's I was like watching. all time that's like all time like moment in like music history i and- what, what i wanted to see specifically i wanted to see like elvis on the road i wanted to see i wanted to see the drug use i wanted to see the relationship with priscilla presley none of that and it, it literally like just flashed over it and the drug use he died at 42 bro he died yeah. at 42. Like, how is that not more part of the movie? There was like maybe one or two scenes that were that had like paraphern drug paraphernalia in it. It was nuts. Did you see the way he looked at the end of this movie? Like yeah. he was a different person by the end of it all. But they were they were obsessed with like they could have made it more the, the Tom Parker dynamic, but they had too much Tom Hanks. Like the movie had no balance to it, but 
Austin Butler is the one who holds it together just because he's so magnetic on screen and he is must watch whenever he's on the stage. And there's a lot of on stage moments. The on stage moments are great. Like the barn, the pink suit and the barn, the whatever that hay, hay ride festival carnival tour they used to do yep. that he started out with. Like that was all, that was a, that was a great moment too. And like the on stage moments were great. Like the first Vegas show was great. But then, like the next like one's his finger, final dude. One. Like, yeah. like, like the, the incredible. Like, I that w- those were the best parts of the movie. I also, I was looking for more of like the iconic songs. Like, let's sit through an entire song. It felt like I we never got like one sit through. But that's it why. Was, go ahead. That's what why we exactly. You're right, and, but that's why you have to have his music throughout the movie, not yeah. these other songs with Doja Cat. Even though I didn't hate hate like how they worked. I think it just would have been better if it was all Elvis songs and we would have been able to hear them and we couldn't have complained. Like you just said about it. Like I felt something, even though he looked terrible, like in terms of the prosthetics and like them flashing, like to the Austin Butler version of Elvis to like the actual Elvis and the unchained melodies part. Mm. That's the most emotion I felt watching a performance in the movie. It's like when you watch, Bohemian Rhapsody, what do you think of? It's the Live Aid performance. They just let them show off for 15 to 20 minutes. Like, let's just see it because this is what everyone wants to see. Everyone wants to see Elvis felt like, I, I, I can't help falling in love with you. Like, everyone wants to see that. Yeah. And you save it for, like, a plane ride sequence when he's saying goodbye to Priscilla for about five seconds. Like, give us those moments. That's what the audience is there for. That's why 50-year-olds are next. Like, like people that were listening to Elvis 50 years ago, they, that's what they want. Um, but in terms of, I wanted to bring up like the, a Baz Luhrmann ism in terms of the music that gets incorporated, the modern day, you think Greg Gats- Gatsby, what he did here. I actually liked it because it went with the theme of Elvis and what he means to music to present day. I like, I think it made sense and it wasn't as overwhelming as I was anticipating. Like when they listed all the artists in a tweet, who was going to be in the, sh- uh, who was going to be featured in the movie, You're I, right rolled, on that. I rolled my eyes. And, but and when I listened to it. It worked well when he goes to the handy bar to go see BB King and all that. I'm like, this kind of works for me. I dig it. Yeah, I, I I also agree with everything you said, but I I still go back to like there wasn't enough Elvis songs. Like I just don't think there were. I, I and they showed him on screen so much and it's, it's so much. And I think what also it's a two hour same, forty minute movie, <laughs> right? But I I do think what also we talked about Baz Luhrmann. It was some of those like that first scene where Elvis is at like he channels it right. He starts like 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 dick wiggling everywhere, and then the people in the crowd like unbuttoning their like dresses. I'm like, there is no way people were actually doing that. Like, it, but it, but it's like what you think of with the legend of Elvis, the mythology of Elvis. Once he jumped on stage, girls were just trying to jump on, like hop on, you know. Like, it, I just thought it was literally, I was, like, laughing watching it because I'm, like, this is, like, no way. Like, the Beatles, like, I don't, there was hysteria and everything, but I don't think people were, like, undoing their dresses in the middle of the show for him, you know? I thought that was kind of silly, you know? Like, I, I agree. But then if you think about it, it's, like, well, there are, like, images of, like, him, like, picking up, like, bras and, like, shirts on stage. That happens in concerts, So, yes. like, yeah. yeah, so, like, maybe they have to unbutton it to, like, take it off and then throw it, you know? Like, I'm just saying, I'm just getting, That, that like, up. bite in their lips it, and, like... I, I, I think it was more, the problem was, like, they focused on it so much. But, again, like, they had to because he started that. Like, he kind of, like, started that. And he was, now, a, he was a sex, the first sex symbol in music, you know? That was him. And if, I thought, like, the first hour they focused on that, that was actually, like, 
because like that, that was like him slash civil rights kind of is sort what they're focusing on. Like I can't, yeah, sort of, right? That's exactly the problem with the movie. Sort of. And they'll come right? back to the civil rights like an hour and a half later with the yeah. whole yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh wait. Ah, oh God. But um no, but I thought that was like pretty good. It was very fast and not explained well, but we got to see more dancing. That's why it was so good because that it focused it focused on the on stage performances because that's what the theme was about. So that's in my opinion, like one of the best parts of the movie because of what we got. We got the Baz Luhrmann effects. We got Austin Butler dancing on the stage. There, there's a good movie somewhere in there. There, there is like, like it just, it just was all surface level. Like, here's what this was Elvis's life. This is like reading a Wikipedia page about Elvis, except you get some cool graphics along the way. You know, <laughs> that's what it kind of felt like. Uh, let's talk about Hanks. You got to talk about Colonel Tom Parker. Uh, what were your initial reactions to st- uh, upon leaving the theater? Uh, do you think he did well in this role? Do you think he struggled? What do you think went right, went wrong? Tell me. Well, the first scene of the movie is so bad. Repulsive. I, I think <laughs> people probably walked out. Uh-huh. Like, I can't believe they did, they did that. Like, just to have him on his deathbed and then wander in the casinos and you find out at the end, he actually did do that, the... Yeah, the colonel. He ended up actually doing that. But it, but to start the movie like that, when the movie's called Elvis for the King of Rock and Roll, that's not how we want to start. So creepy looking. He sounded creepy as well. I just, like when he he turns like through the fourth wall break, he turns to the uh, camera. I'm just like, oh my god! Like never. I want that image out of my brain. That <laughs> was disgusting. I that was also another thing because that's so popular right now. Breaking the fourth wall. I was like, god damn! If they're doing this with Tom Hanks in, in this condition, then I think we should like don't do it. Don't do a Deadpool three. <laughs> like, yeah, we got to end breaking the fourth wall in movies. We just got to end it. I I literally can't get out of my brain now. Like <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> Holy crap! But if they wanted to focus on that, that would have been cool. But maybe just like a different performance in there. If they wanted to focus on the Colonel versus Elvis and the rights and everything, that was like kind of the last act of the movie. Um, but then also it was about the pills and also Priscilla. But then it was also it was a weird last he, act too. What they should have done is almost like a superhero movie where he's just the villain. He's not an antihero. He don't you don't share the screen as much with you don't split like what's Tom Parker doing and like what's Elvis doing. We don't care about Tom Parker. We care about Elvis. Have Tom Hanks just be a straight up villain in the movie where he's not like he's not narrating. He's not doing this like. You could see the impact he had on Elvis's life just by focusing on Elvis. Like the pa- the fact that you have him narrating and then like sharing, it's just like if it was too much split screen time, just have me a straight up villain. Had you know? To. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I just think that the accent was bad. I I don't think he, he he didn't do a good job with it at all. I think I, I really don't think he was good. It's just and, and again, like the the makeup and everything, like he was like one note the entire time too. Like we couldn't really un- like his. He had no emotion to his performance, but he's like the main character besides Elvis. It's just like that's not what you want to see. And I just think it's the performance, the makeup, but mainly the performance and the writing of the character just way too much screen time. It, not to mention, I just absolutely despised him in the movie. Like, like I get it. He was like the person who destroyed Elvis. But zero redeeming qualities. Like, there was nothing nice about him. Like he's posing questions. Like you think I'm the villain of this story? I'm like, yes. yeah, yeah. Like, you like, you were put. You were totally the villain. Like you ruined this man's life, and you made the last hour of this movie miserable. Like yeah, like uh, every every villain, you understand why they're doing it, 
right? Like every superhero villain, if you're thinking about it, right? Thanos, he he's trying to do it for the good of humanity, and some people are on his side. Yeah, like he, this one's like, like he wants to get rich, but like they don't really. I don't know. I, I I'm limited with limited background on the character too. It's just like not yeah, and at the end they say his real name was this, and that was an awkward theater, uh, like on stage. Uh, when he like, calls him out, I was like, roll my eyes a little bit. But I guess if he did that in real life, then you had to throw that in there. Um, I guess as we're wrapping up towards the end of this review, uh, and before we jump to our top five music biopics, I want to say, are you okay with this continuous run of music biopics? Because I think we're kind of stalling out almost. It feels like it feels, I don't, like Bohemian Rhapsody had a moment. Rocket Man had a moment. But since then, we had uh, Respect, right, which was, perform pretty mildly then we have this elvis movie like are you do you think like this trend should continue do you want to see more music biopics do you think this is a genre that's worth saving or do you think we should just let it breathe for a bit we definitely should let it breathe but we won't no right like we have the weird al yankovich coming right radcliffe there what else do we got we have the Grateful Dead one with scorsese and jonah hill jonah hill i want to see that because it's scorsese that's different you know yeah uh technically leonard bernstein maestro with bradley cooper at the end of the year that's a little that's different though because he's like he's not actually on stage performing he's the one behind the scenes that could be a nice like change up for us too yeah that actually yeah you're right and it's not like a well-known and he has elvis. an interesting and like the thing about elvis like he is a god he made incredible music but like what was he known for other than being on stage like i don't think he was a civil rights activist this movie made him out to be it's like you want to make an elvis movie because he's so popular and he's so beloved like i feel but like i what I, I agree but like he also no, you uh, needed you needed a movie I'm, I'm i'm saying like you're not you're not it's hard to find a non-generic like music biopic to stem from an elvis story i i, I think just because there's like you had to make it and i understand what you're saying i just also think that he's like one of the first like musicians that went into acting you know like went to oh, Hollywood. true and they didn't like, do that he, justice either to be honest they, it's just a montage they just, they just did a montage that was trash and then it's like oh we're at the bottom again you're right uh, he, yeah crap like, he, there is it, he they deserve better he they he first one like huge on screen like yeah, massive on screen, not just nationwide but worldwide. He first, stopped performing music because he went a full blown acting career. It's unbelievable, and then the comeback—it's—it's it's unbelievable what he they went did through. So many highs and lows, you didn't know when the official comeback was. Like it just like, I just think that I think Elvis. This is a great example of like we could do like ten Elvis movies. You could do like the come up and like first come down or whatever, and then the comeback story, like a kind of traditional formula. Or you could do like, I don't know, like, you know, Beatles Get Back only focused on like those certain amount of days getting ready for that concert. You could, do that, you could just you could focus do on Hollywood Elvis. You could focus on that final comeback. You could focus on Vegas Elvis and that huge tragic downfall. You could like there's so many different areas of his life. You could focus on his relationship with his mother. You could focus on like a walk the line relationship with uh, Pris Priscilla and then trying to balance that with his drugs and also Infidelity. his career literally just like walk the line if you want to go formula base and i could say even more like civil rights i agree it was just it was too much to pack in a 240 runtime where they just went over it they just like okay yep this happened next this happened next right and you just forgot like like that uh, just talking about it it made me forget how amazing elvis's career was 
His, you his understand life that? is so it, crazy. Like if you if you did what you're talking about, make it more concise. Focus on that comeback. That's what I want to see is that comeback from the movies and then back to music and then play me some of those songs. You could throw in a flashback every once in a while. That's what we want to see. We do want to see the flashbacks. And you can easily do that rather than just sprinting through the entire movie. It was um, literally a sprint through the entire thing. But the sprint was a marathon. Like you were sprinting for yeah. 26 miles. It's like we it's like we were we were we're a Kenyan in the Boston Marathon. It, that's what it felt like. Yes, but like they're sprinting by you, so you can't even see them. <laughs> it's like it's like Usain Bolt maintaining the same speed for an entire marathon. Yes. <laughs> All right. But, uh, I just pulled up because you just said yeah. or you bio picked out. So I just clicked on this article and I forgot there's actually even more coming. Isn't there a Bowie one coming too? So, well, there's been a Bowie one. Remember the Bowie one without Bowie music? That was without, that, yeah, just god awful. And I, um, did you get that? Did you get that trailer when you were watching Elvis of the Bowie upcoming Bowie documentary? No, I didn't get that. It's pretty cool. It's pretty okay. Cool. The Avatar trailer is wearing me out a little bit. <laughs> All right, go back to the music. What's one of the music okay, coming so out? So I got Bob Marley, right? Kingsley Benadier. Yes. Oh my god. Right. One night in Miami. And King Richard's Ronaldo Marcus is gonna direct. That's pretty big. That's gonna be that's big. Um, let's see what else we got. Share the share biopic. So that's gonna be long a big spanning one career. Well. Like Eric, there, you could have the you could have the sun, the Sunny Bono aspect. Like that'd and you be know, cool. and I have high hopes for this one because even though I don't really, I'm not a big fan of Share, but Eric Roth's on the script, so mm-hmm. a big we're a big fan. Who's playing Share? Is someone playing Share? It's it's probably gonna be Lady Gaga. Like who are we kidding? Right? Yeah, that's true. Harley Quinn um, Share. We mentioned Weird Al. This one I'm excited for, especially with Doc, uh, Doc Senior, the Bee Gees one. Kenny yes. Renaugh, Bradley Cooper playing Barry Gibb. Like, he's, is he going to attempt to sing? Well, he's not playing Barry Gibb, is he? That's what I'm seeing, man. Ricky, that's not true. We would know that. But what's your source? I think it's not like. Don't get me too excited. <laughs> it says tied. So it's definitely rumored. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, he's definitely not playing him. Yeah, but there's a bunch. Like, there's he rocks so that 70s look after American Hustle. He would do incredible in the role. Sha- right. Chalamet's playing Bob Dylan, right? Yes. Yeah. That's so that's There's one. so many in the works. This, yeah. We are not slowing down whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. So I think I've said enough. I think there's 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 a lot more, but I think we have a good one, good, a good basis right there saying that we are just getting started. Right. And so before we get to our top five biopics, I want to get your score for Elvis before we move on. This is a tough one. I'm not with tough. I'm not with Rotten Tomatoes or the audience. I'm not. But the only thing that's like keeping me afloat here, saying that like I, it was a good time, is because the Lorman effects were there, and the lead performance, Austin Butler, was more than just an impersonator. And even if he just was, it still would be electric. So I'm gonna go sixty-five. Oh, I just wrote mine down for the same thing. 65 yeah i feel like we're right i feel like we're dead on yeah i think so too man like i like it's i don't understand how it's i understand why it's a 94 percent critic score that makes sense the shocking number to me is a 7.8 out of 10 on imdb that's very high very very high so high and uh i do agree like boz lerman i did like the edits the quick transitions but the fact that we didn't have a clear focus in the movie and austin butler is just he makes this movie he carries this movie Butler carries. All right. With that being said, let's now move on to our top five music biopics. So, Ricky Flex, how do you want to do this? Um, 
I wrote down a list of my favorites. Okay, are we making a group list? You want to do like one for one? Let's or, battle. Or battle. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I let's make one list. That's what. Okay, yes, yeah, so we're not battling. Yeah. We're uh, collaborating. That's what I meant. But like, yeah, okay, collaborate. You want to use collaborate? As oh yeah. Word. So you were gonna battle for the spots. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, I'll give you I have the ones a question. that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So these Shoot. have to be real people. Yeah, it's, it's a music biopic. Okay, so I'm just so you spin- walk, you were th- you were thinking walk hard or something. So yeah, so crossing that out. Spinal Tap. Oh man, gone. Yeah, that's that's more of a yeah. Um, Eight Mile. Well, it's I think that counts because it's, that- it's it's autobiographical now. Okay, it's not. It doesn't use his name, but I count that. Okay, then I'm ready. All right, I just wanted to clear that up. So. I want to give you a list of ones that I'm considering, right? And then upon that, I want you to analyze, add whatever you want. I'll write them down, and we'll throw away ones that we Do consider aren't top five. Are yeah. you going to start at number five? No, I'm just going to list ones that I have. Okay. Okay? So, like, Walk the Line, I have on here. I have Bohemian Rhapsody on here. I also have Straight Out of Compton on here. Rocket Man, 8 Mile. Ray, I'm not there. Okay. Anything to add or take away? Let's add anything to add first. Yeah, there's two two of my top. I won't say it because you didn't say it. Um, the Buddy Holly story. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I knew you were gonna list it. You haven't seen Gary Busey? Like I've seen moments because our dad puts it on, but I've never seen it all the way through. Crap. That means we're not gonna put it on. Okay. That's Potentially, I, if, you, if you sell me on it and you think that many will like it, maybe. What, what else am I missing? What else you had? Love and Mercy. Oh, good one, Ricky. Sorry, that one is very niche, in my opinion. Like I like I think it. What I mean by that is not a lot of people know about it, and I think that's in part because, uh, well, Paul Dano, he's a big artsy fartsy type dude, and I don't think that had a massive release in theaters. It got some steam on. I think it was on stars or or something like that, but in streaming it got some love. But that hundred percent deserves to be in consideration. I agree. So, anything else to add? You know how much it made at the box office? Love and Mercy. Yeah, ten million dollars. Uh, twenty nine million. Jersey Boys made sixty eight million. We're not putting that on the list. I'm just saying it in comparison because that's because Mamma Mia or Jersey Boys. <laughs> Does Mamma Mia count? No, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. But all right, I so ones that I just wanted to say that I wrote wrote, wrote down just because like I didn't know how we I, were gonna I've, do this. I have some on here too for honorable mentions too. Go ahead. Okay, so like we could just get these out of the way. Notorious. I wrote it. Not no like shot. that. No that, shot in hell. <laughs> that was not a good movie, but like when I was young, I was rewatching the crap yes, out of that dude. movie. That was a big HBO movie. Yeah. Um. Let's see, Cross. Selena, Nez, Nez, one of his favorite movies. Um, I haven't seen this one, but I wanted to mention it because we'd get killed if we didn't at least mention it. Like Best Picture winner, Amadeus. Yep. Yeah. I think four. Like that one, it's just like it's it's just a straight up comedy though. <laughs> like I, I like I don't know. It's like I it's, it's such an it's Mozart and it's so long ago. I just don't feel it's as relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels okay. super aged. Let's see. The doors, Val Kilmer. I have that one. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan. I guess I th- I haven't rewatched it in ages though. 
I was thinking about rewatching it this week, to be honest, because of Elvis. Maybe we Lisa review Bapics, that. Maybe Jim we review that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've never seen that all the way through Ricky Flex because okay. it's four hours. <laughs> yeah, it's really long. Uh, let's see. I would never pick this, but get on up. I, think I had it. I think that's one of Chadwick's better rules. One of his yeah. best. Yeah, I would say it's one of his best. Um, and then the saw last that in one, theaters, by the way. And that it was walking out. I'm like, damn, like I forgot James Brown has a lot of songs I really like. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, James like, Brown. And then the iconic, like, yeah, iconic ending like, to his shows, like awesome. Mm -hmm. Felt that movie felt very long. There was a couple weird, weird scenes in that movie, <sighs> yeah. right? With the robbery scene and the, like so uh, what he's being held at gunpoint and everything. It's like, this is almost too much. But uh, great yeah. performance. And then from the, the only other other one I had, but I forgot to mention this in the beginning is the pianist but that probably doesn't count doesn't count so that that's that's a that's a holocaust movie yeah. not a music biopic yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> i a, i forgot this was i one more by the way the jamie fox robert downey jr one the, Bio, the cello soloist that's it i would never yep. pick it i'm not a fan of the movie but never that was a pretty polarizing movie um yeah. i i had uh the dirt oh i like that movie yeah, that's so do crazy, I. It will. It won't crack fun. my top five. No way. But like, that's a good like. That's an entertaining watch. I, I was at when I was at a music festival last summer. It's a great like late night movie to watch. Like we're coming back. Like we're just went to a whole music festival. Everyone's still buzzing. Everyone wants to stay up. And we're like, what do we watch? I'm like, put on the dirt. <laughs> but it's not always the best movie to watch. We have, like it was like half the bo half boys, half girls, and they never oh. seen the dirt. And in the first scene, oh my god, they freaked out. They're like, turn this off. I'm like, wait through it, wait through it, wait through it. Yeah, that's. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, Pete Davidson's in it. Don't worry, girls. Pete Davidson's in it. Net, like that's a Netflix movie where like you you put it on, and then it's like, wow, I really enjoyed it. And then I watched it like two weeks later again or a week later. Yeah, it was just so much fun. Yeah, it's like the adrenaline rush. Just exactly. But yeah, not going on the list. Okay, so let's figure out what is. First of all, I think we can go on. Walk the line is making the list. Great. Damn right. All right. Walk the lines on the list. Um, let's go to both. Oh, straight out of Compton. I have as an automatic on. It's in my top five. Okay, good. Straight out of Compton, I'll add. Then. What'd you say? I said then. Oh, I'm okay. thinking. I Thanks. love the concept of I'm not there. Personally, the Bob Dylan movie, it's a little boring for some people, but star-studded cast, right? And a prestigious type movie. But I think the, it's, 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 it's so unconventional for the music biopic, I'm considering it in the top five. Confession. Go ahead. Never seen it. I, Ricky, I, we, we, I think we put it on also. It was, um, it was, I think it was one New Year's. We actually rented I'm Not There. Is that right? Maybe I must not. have not been awake then. Okay, so we're not gonna put it on the list then. Okay, if like you don't, if you haven't seen it or don't remember, uh, which one? What else do you want to add? Throw one out there. Well, I'll say since we're not putting that on there, then might as well not put the Buddy Holly story on there. Okay. Since you haven't seen it, I know. But if you if you feel impassioned by it, I, am. I don't want. I, I, <laughs> okay. But I am like I. It's I think it's so good. And I'm a big Buddy Holly fan. It's also he's kind of forgotten because of Elvis. But Gary Busey won an Oscar for this, I believe, in '79. Like, did he win the Oscar? I, I'm pretty sure. If not, at least the nomination. That might need a fact check. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar. 
Oscar winner. No, wait. Uh, Analyzing. He was nominated. Did not Loading. get the win. <laughs> I was gonna say he won him by Gary Busey. But he sung like he he it was so good. We'll consider right. it. We'll put it right on the fringe right now. I think. Okay. Looking at the rest right now, we got Ray, Eight Mile, Love and Mercy. Uh, is that it? Rocket that Man. Rocket Man. So I think Love and Mercy's on here. Agreed. Also, unconventional way they make it. Paul Dano is amazing. John Cusack and maybe his most underrated role. And it's like old man Cusack. You think of your young Cusack and you think about like the 80 movies, but also the 90s is when he hit his peak, right? With Gross Point Blank and all those. I think this is his best work since Hot Tub Live. <laughs> Hot, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> this is definitely his most underrated work. Yeah. Um, Love and Mercy. That was a joke. Eight Mile, Ray, Rocket Man. I think out of those three, I love Eight Mile. I, I'll do something that's easy. I think out of the three, you go, okay. I think the performance in Ray is better than Taron Egerton's, and I think Eight Mile's better well, than Rocket Man. So I think you take out Rocket Man. So you want Eight Mile and Ray? Well, as in, if we're picking out three and just to take out one right now. So that, you're saying that's a tiebreaker. It's the lead performance. Yeah. And then for Eight Mile, it's just I'd rather watch Eight Mile than Rocket Man. Eight, eight Mile might be more of like aligned with the dirt. Not like not like it's in the same vein as it's an entertaining movie. It just has it's, the it's, iconic it's, scenes. Yeah. And it's got, you, you want to see the, the rap battles and everything. So I do think Ray should be on here because Jamie Foxx was absolutely electric in that. And that's like almost similar. That the way Ray was played by Jamie Foxx is almost similar to like how Austin Butler was as Elvis, except like Jamie Foxx can sing. Like he, like I think that alone makes him in the top five here. It's um, Ray, Ray is in my top five, just to be clear. Yes. Well, this is a group top five. I know, but I'm saying like my personal. So if it's in yours, then it's don't get selfish on me, Ricky. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying. So that leaves Rocket Man as um, in the top five or Eight Mile. Yeah, I, th I thought, and I, <laughs> Rocket Man also had a little bit. I keep saying this for a lot of different movies because they're older, different take on a little bit. A pure musical, Taron Egerton actually singing, right? It goes through his life through Elton John's music too, and Elton John, one of the most eccentric characters, right, in the history of music. Um, Eight Mile, it's a very concise story. Feels very small. I don't it know. Is, what do you think? It literally is small. It's in a trailer park. Yes. <laughs> so right. I'm saying. All right. I'm fine I, I, I'm, I think Rocket Man's on here over Eight Mile. I'm fine with that. All right. So now we have Walk the Line, Straight Out of Compton, Love and Mercy, Ray, Rocket Man. Okay. Yeah. Do we, that's, do we, that's perfect. To be clear, just for the record, the Buddy Holly story was my number four. It used to be three, but I put it to four. Okay. I'm not there. Probably around like five for me. Yeah. Okay. That's a cool. It's a cool biopic. I mean, I, it, like I highly recommend seeing that. See different like people playing Bob Dylan. Then they don't actually refer to themselves as Bob Dylan throughout the story. Like they have different names, but they tell a story. And it's like obviously it's like black and white folk vibe. It's excellent. It's yeah. so good. Christian Bale. Christian yeah. Bale's in that, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me double check. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's the like one... chat as long as yeah. kills the show. Yep. Right. Also, another biopic that I wrote down, but I, I was just going to say an honorable mentions. Not real. 
So um, Inside Lewin Davis, I know you're a big fan of that movie. Oh, dude, that would have made it if it was real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I that's what that's. I think I put it as my number one Coen Brothers movie or number two. You had I number think, two, no, two. I had old, old country, no country for old yeah. men one. Yeah, yeah. I think it was because like yeah, we three. had the Fargo debate, and I was like, Inside Lewin Davis, it might not even be my top five. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, Fargo, I think, is a little bit overrated, but I said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit. Music, right. music biopic top billing. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for our top five. And that's going to oh, do it. Are we not going to order them? Oh, are we? Oh, I thought we were going to get. I thought the battle was just beginning. Okay. We can. Let's, let's put them in order. What's number one then, Ricky? Oh, we're starting at one. <laughs> no. Let's go to number five. Okay. I think Rocket Man's five. Okay. We agree. Um, to me, Ray is probably four. I also agree. I mean, so, I wrote so him down. Too- I, I I wrote him down in the order here. I like. I'll just say it right now: Love and Mercy three, Straight Out of Compton two, Walk Blind one. That was my battle. Love and Which Mercy or Straight Out of Compton for two. Oh, dude! Straight Out of Compton it's was a, a straight more, up phenomenon. I know. That's why it's like I think it, if you put it at two, it's okay. And also, like I think the better performance performances are is in love and mercy but i think the better like just movie i'd rather rewatch because of entertainment factor and also it's a good movie it's straight out of compton so the I performances think, straight out of compton are fire yeah too. yeah oh yeah i'm not saying they're bad i just think that paul dano was in his absolute bag as brian wilson who's the guy who played easy e like he 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 had a moment after that because he was in the kong skull island and then he was in another big blockbuster i don't he remember he was in uh uh crap what's that keanu with jordan peele and oh was he and michael key yeah i thought he was the best performer in that movie i i completely agree and, and uh, that, uh oshay jackson like we just just saw him in kenobi playing his dad yeah, yeah and then yeah. Uh, obviously uh, who's the guy he was in yeah. in the heights and he's he is spectacular Greg. i love that guy um he's let me on, just looking up, up really right quick. now too and he was in uh beth Yep, Macbeth, and he, he was good at that. He went against the Denzel in that. Like, Corey Hawkins. Corey Hawkins. No, so I'm fine with Straight Outta Compton at two. I think I'm obviously I'm more of a. I, I love the Beach Boys. Like I love the Beach Boys. So like a little bias there. So I'm let's put Love and Mercy at three. Ray, I just we didn't touch on this. Ray, there's there's times when the movies on want almost it's sometimes very, it's very long too. Like long, Ray feels slow so at times. Um, cringeworthy in a bad way at times as well, but the performance is just all time, so it's it's worthy at four. And I, I want to jump to Love and Mercy really quick. Like you know, the, what, some of the best parts of music biopics are how like it's that moment where oh my god, they're recreating the song, they're doing it, they're in the studio right now, or they're playing it live. Like the moment in Love and Mercy when they create good vibrations is it's the best scene in maybe the history of music biopics. It is that's it's, a draft it's, that we could do. Best like music biopic moments. Yeah, <laughs> that's like yeah, it's, that's hard to define. But I like like walk the line. You could put, circle a couple. Straight out Bohemian of Compton. Rhapsody, straight out of Compton when they play F the Police. Like that's an incredible yeah. moment. Rocket Man just doesn't have it because it's all music. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just a musical. Yeah, it, exactly. That's they what, talk like, and sing. There's so many good ones. Like it's unbelievable how good some of these like iconic moments are in some of these movies. And that's also unbelievable. Music biopic moments. That's a draft yeah. right there. Yes. But um, and then just we haven't jot talked down, about it, down. but it's our number one. And I'm glad that we agree because we can still do this podcast. It's because if we didn't have number one, I think we would have a, 
I would I would leave just walk. Ricky, along. this this poster is literally hanging up in my house. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it, this movie is unbelievable. One of my favorite movies of all time. I went to Halloween as Johnny Cash, as more of Joaquin Phoenix, and walked the line because I love this movie so much. And you've already said it before. The soundtrack is better with Joaquin singing it than it would be if Johnny Cash Cash was singing it. I'll stand by that take. I stand by it. I think it's unbelievable. Great love story to lean on. First of all, also, they don't split the screen time uh, between Johnny Cash and June Carter, okay, played by Reese Witherspoon. It's more of she's a true supporting character in it, although they try to juxt like they, they show the romantic relationship. It still is all about Johnny Cash, and that's where the focus is. We talk about criticisms of Elvis. Like this one, this is how you do it. Make him a true supporting character, not a co-lead. No, she won an Oscar done. for this. Yeah. And and like this also covered his whole life, but the pacing was unbelievable. James Mangold, um, like it's just unbelievable what he did in this movie. And a lot of it's because of that romantic relationship kind of carrying you through, like pacing it throughout. 100%. But then it has the interesting interwoven storylines, like with the music and the drugs and then his family going on. So and it didn't blip over anything. It felt right. like you were really there the entire time with the story. But it's like, like, and just as an example, like an Elvis, when the mom died, that took 10 minutes. This is like the brother died. It took a couple minutes and then it's hanging over him the entire movie. But you could yeah, see that scene. Joaquin acting throughout the entire movie. You could see it's carrying that burden and then the relationship with his father. So and it, it, Ricky, I gotta say also, it's not the opening scene. The opening scene is him like wearing black in the prison, like yes. drinking, and what's got like the dirt water that he's looking at. What do great? What do always you say? Great movies. What do they do? They return to the opening scene at the last last part of the movie. Yes, do whatever. And that, that that's mm. to a T, to a T right there. Great flick, number one by far. Okay, so that's it. Our top our top five is Rocket Man at five, Ray at four. Love and Mercy at three, Straight Out of Compton at two, and Walk the Line at one. That's our top five music biopics, and that is it for episode 120 of the Drive-In Podcast. So, what are we doing later this week, Ricky Flex? Uh, we got uh, we got a recap, Herogasm, The Boys. That's coming, right? Dropping to, uh, dropping tomorrow, right? And then going beyond that, what else, Ricky Flex? Top billing, top billing draft up. Yeah, yeah, we're doing top billing draft. This actually works best because, like, we, we, we this Homelander actually inspired this top billing draft, <laughs> where we talked about the most patriotic characters in cinematic history. Not That's going to be July. our draft. Shout out Fourth of July, one of the best holidays of the year. Buckle up. Uh, yeah, so that's our episodes later in the week. Wherever you're listening right now, make sure you hit that follow button and then you rate us five stars. We thank you very much for it. Uh, if you write a review, leave us a review, and we will shout you out on the podcast. And we might even have a, a treat in store if you do so. So make sure that you are tuned in. Make sure you're following us on social media, Twitter, Instagram. A lot of big news coming up. Make sure you're tuning into the checkup. We got Barbie and Ken picks coming out uh, with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling videos coming out that uh, we're going to be talking about on the next checkup. So make sure you stay tuned. That's going to do for episode 120. Dr. O and Ricky Flick signing off. Until next time, we will smell you.